Welcome to the Underappreciated Movie Podcast, where four friends discuss movies that they love, but nobody else does. Hello, welcome back. I'm Elaine. I'm Carly. Hello! Oh, I'm John. I'm Tony. Each of us has picked a specific movie genre. I have horror thriller. I have science fiction fantasy. I have drama and romance. I have action and adventure. We take turns selecting from our movie genres, movies that in our opinion have not received the respect they deserve. You won't see any of our films on anyone's top ten list, but maybe by listening to our podcast, you can give these films a second chance. This week, on the podcast, is Elaine's pick. <laughs> Tony, are you going to say it? No. <laughs> Star, Star Trek. Trek. <laughs> 2009. 2009. The reboot. The remake. Yeah, I don't know. The, the Let's try it again. Which worked for the- X-Men, the new class. And for the rebooted Jason movie, we watched that, loved it. Which oh, yeah. Wasn't, also, wasn't that 2009? I think. Uh, wasn't that your movie? Shouldn't you know that? No. <laughs> it worked for a Friday night. Yeah. We've, yeah, that wasn't a better movie. There's a few yeah. we've done. We've done a couple of reboots on this uh, yeah, podcast. Yeah, reboots are, are very rarely ever good. This one is, un, is underappreciated because... Yep, 2009 came out yeah. the same year. Wow. wow. The year of the reboot? Good year of reboots. The only one. Was it? A couple of good reboots happened that year. Jason, the... (laughs) But something that rhymes with boots is poots. Imogen poots. Was in a great reboot. Would be great in this. She's good in pretty much everything. She was even great in I Kill Giants. She sure was. But this movie's underappreciated because... One day she's listening to the Elaine's not watching it enough. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't seen this one in a a while, and I was like, oh my god, why am I not watching this all the time? Why, am I, why is it that when I don't know what to watch, we always pick a Marvel movie yeah. when I could be watching a Star Trek movie? I haven't seen this in a long time either. Well, according yeah. to Elaine, every time that we don't know what to watch, we're going to watch The Mummy. It, <laughs> that's, that's what she said. We're more likely to watch um, the con one with Benedict Cumberbatch. I watched Cumberbatch. Yeah. And this one. Into Darkness. At our house. Yeah. At our house, that's the one that gets played. I don't know that... I don't think you and I have ever watched this one together. Star Trek Tell Beyond. Me I mean... We watched both of them when I first got the second one. Because okay. you were like, I don't know if I've seen it or whatever. And then we watched it. Oh, I knew I had seen it. But it, it made, me, it made me want to watch them all. Yeah. Because I was like, man, why haven't I, wa- why haven't I been watching maybe this all the time? Somebody out. goes, maybe she'll do the next one next. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> next Christmas. Um, yeah, does this qualify as underappreciated? Oh, absolutely not. So, okay, this, this got a 7.9 out of 10 audience score and an 82 Metacritic score so on this is IMDb. Like fucking fresh. No, this is fun. <laughs> I, I got some stats for you. It got a 91 audience score and a 94% thermometer score. Now, I was like, man, is that the highest we've done? So, I did some research. Oh, shit. Uh-oh. Dracula. <laughs> Got only got a 73. I know, Dracula didn't. Big Trouble in Little China got a 79. Love Actually, which I thought would be very high, only a 64. I feel it Thor in Ragnarok. <laughs> Thor Ragnarok has the highest. Did we do that? Yes, we or did. No, not the highest. We beat Thor Ragnarok. Sorry, because that only had 93, and this has 94. Ocean's thir- 11, 82. Notting Hill, 83. Rocky. Ties, 94%. Boom! Hey, Rocky! I didn't check that. No. Guardians of the Galaxy, volume, volume 2, 84%. Wreck-It Ralph, 87. 
Um, Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man, our most mentioned episode of all time, only 22%. <laughs> you know what? Uh, next week, spoiler on the podcast, I'm doing um, Avengers Endgame. Under these, <laughs> under these rules, it's not loved enough. I'm doing Black Panther after that. So I, I was going to end so it I there. 100%. I was going to end it with the Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man, but then I was going through our back catalog, and then I saw an American Werewolf in London, and I'm like, surely that has an over a 90. No, only no. 87. <laughs> no movie I've picked has but, So, Dracula. it's not the highest because we're tied with Rocky. Hey, Rocky! <laughs> that was a birthday pick. This is just a regular pick for you. That's right. You're so cheating. Which, <laughs> which gives you an automatic name. Elaine, look, last week at work, we had four trucks. Oh, we, three isn't of that them the time to talk about row. this? Yes, Ugh. Elaine is so exhausted and sad every day that she gave herself a All right, Christmas well, treat. Hey, let's talk about this movie. <laughs> it had a budget of $150 million. How much did it make? A domestic gross, it made $257 million, and worldwide, 358 Wow, I really thought that would have done better. I'm, that's not even, I was that's not even mummy, mummy dollars. Yeah. Well, there was a lot of people that didn't think they were going to like this movie. I mean, they did. But I think a lot of <laughs> diehard Star Trek fans did not Ooh, die hard. It What, what was Die Hard's Rotten Tomato score? I did not check because we didn't do Die Hard. We did Die Hard with a Vengeance. Which qualified under our rules. Unlike <laughs> Which this qualified under our rules, so I knew it wasn't that high. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. We just did that. Um... Who directed but this modern? This opus? was directed by J.J. Abrams, which actually was hard to find. He hasn't directed that many movies. He's a producer on all kinds of shit. Mm-hmm. But he directed this in Into the Darkness. He directed um, Star Wars 7 and Mission Impossible 3. Also, he created Lost, the TV show, which was quite popular. Mission Impossible 3 wasn't very good. He, he, uh, they'd call him like the mystery box guy. He likes to go on and set up stuff. And make a bunch of cliffhangers mm-hmm. and then leave. Because, like, people give him shit about Lost because Lost kind of yeah. sucked. The end. He only did the first episode. Because <laughs> people yeah. go, and he's like, I don't have anything to do with Lost. Same with mm-hmm. Force Awakens. Yeah, he, he came created in, it. Get, set up a bunch of cliffhangers and then he rolls out. And then and you guys can have fun trying to figure it out. Yeah, but, like, his producer credits are crazy. But yeah. his directing credits are actually very small. Producer uh, So this was written by... A writing, this writing duo has written quite a few movies together. Uh, Robert Orsi and Alex Kurtzman. Welcome back to the podcast. Yes, he, (laughs) Alex Kurtzman is a welcome back to the podcast because he wrote The Mummy, (laughs) which was a perfectly fine movie and more people should watch it. But together they wrote, um, they wrote this, they wrote Star Trek Into Darkness, they wrote Star Trek Beyond. They did The Amazing Spider-Man 2, Mm. which was interesting, and the Transformers reboot. Ooh, did yeah. you do the Transformers 86 commercial? No. I actually looked up the, the IMDb. Touch? I looked up the IMDb score for that movie because I couldn't remember. And Which that one? gave the the Transformers cartoon. The Transformers commercial oh, that was yeah, that, five minutes long? That that did not have a good run to me. Really? Before. Yeah, no. People got so and upset. They don't like it. They, they killed off Miss Prime. Alright. Rotten Prime didn't Prime. No, Rotten Prime. <laughs> Hashtag not, not my prime. prime. <laughs> There's quite a few welcome back to the podcast in this movie, yes, by the way. Yes, there are. So, we got... Also, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. This led to a discussion at our house. Zoe Saldana, this is like her fifth it time is, being on the it podcast. It is. Chopping my she flavor there. might be our most... <laughs> I, this More is, than the poots? I got it. Okay, so let me go through this, because I have something to say once I get down to it. <laughs> All right, well, go ahead. So, Chris Pine, of course, plays Kirk, who's welcome back to the podcast. He was in This Means War. Yep. He's also in Wonder Woman, and was quite fantastic in Into the Woods, the movie musical, which I really he's enjoyed. Got magical tiny um, Spock was played by Zachary Quinto, who's a really good actor, and I think should be in more things. 
He I, was in that um, Heroes. Heroes. Yeah, that. He's in lots of stuff that I've Solid. never heard of. Then, of course, there's also Spock, played by <laughs> Leonard Nimoy. Leonard who is Nimoy. Leonard Nimoy. Which yeah. is welcome to the podcast. He was in Star Trek. That's then, all he's ever done. <laughs> yeah. And he wrote a song about that's Bilbo Baggins. That's fine, because he's been that's in all really, the Star Trek. It's not a really good song. <laughs> the Bilbo Baggins song is fun. He it's on, not. He was on Fringe, too. Yeah, he was. He was cool on Fringe. He did that Fringe in search of TV show. show. Oh, yeah. I used to watch that was shit great. out of that. All right, we got our bad guy, Nero, is played by Eric Bana. The Hulk. Who's, or Hector in Troy. Then we've got Bruce Greenwood, who plays Christopher Pike. Welcome back to the podcast from The Core. Oh, yeah. He actually has played the President of the United States in three different movies. <laughs> 13 Days, National Treasure Book of Secrets, and Kingsman, The Golden Circle. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. He was in Gerald's Game, which is really good and maybe coming up. Then we have... Um, Bones, who's played by Carl Urban. Welcome back to the podcast from Thor Ragnarok. I do too. I think I'm going to do Doom at some point because I like that movie. We have two welcome back to the podcast from Thor Ragnarok. Yes, we do. Then we got Ahura, who's played by She is not Ahura. You you shut your mouth. She's a welcome back from the podcast from I Kill Giants, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Takers, The Losers. This makes her, her fifth appearance on the podcast. Which I think she's got to be number one. And next she week she'll is. have six when I do um, Avengers Endgame. I'm not going through and figuring it out, but I was like, damn, she's been on a lot. <laughs> so then we've a lot got of everything anyway. Scotty, who's played by Simon Pegg. Welcome back to the podcast from Man Up. I love him too. We've got Sulu, played by John Cho. And then we got Chekhov, who's played by Anton Yelton. Welcome back to the podcast from Green Room, Only Lovers Left Alive, and Fright Night. He's up to four. <laughs> the, the man sadly has passed. But he managed to get on our uh, on our <laughs> podcast four times. It's too. It's so sad that he's not here anymore because he's wonderful. I know. <laughs> it's all right. Then, Do you have any more movies? We'll do them. Also, <laughs> welcome back to the podcast to Chris Helmsworth, who plays George Kirk from Thor Ragnarok. Yep. Great all time. Perhaps he doesn't die and also, he just becomes Thor. <laughs> <laughs> also, like your heads welcome back to the podcast. From Winona Ryder, who plays Amanda Grayson, which apparently is Spock's mom, from what? Dracula. The reason overall that I'm doing this movie, because Dracula (laughs) rules. Thank you, Winona. And Heathers. And Heathers. Oh, I forgot about Heathers. Damn it. You don't have to write it down. (laughs) I do. This is for prosperity. I need it. I'm almost done with this. It's going to go in the museum when this podcast becomes. And then I want to make one more special mention to Clifton Collins Jr., who plays Ale, the... Or Azel, or however you say it. Azel? It's Nero's henchman. Yeah. He was almost on the podcast, but Tony decided not to do Hellbenders. (laughs) (laughs) I swore he was on the podcast before because he's been in so much shit, but he is not. But he was he was in Hellbenders. He I I mean, we've talked about him before because I think he looks like Justin Gordon Levitt. Hmm. Gordon Joseph Levitt. Justin Gordon. (laughs) Justin Gordon Levitt. It's his brother. Idea. (laughs) He's Jake Gyllenhaal's potato pie. What did you, I think they look similar, but they're not the same person. What did you say, Justin Bieber? <laughs> I don't even know. Justin Bieber Levitt. Okay, moving right along. Carly, what did you think going into this movie? Oh, shit. I thought, I remember liking it, but it's not the one that we watch typically. Um, I saw it for the first time on my honeymoon, so when you mentioned it, I knew what year it came out. Which <laughs> doesn't happen to me very often. Carly doesn't like this movie. She's going to nail it. <laughs> I believe I've only seen it once since then, and I didn't even remember that, but Tony says we watched it together. So. <laughs> it was apparently memorable. She blocked it out because she saw it on her honeymoon. Yeah. That good. sounds like it's going to be a maybe. <laughs> <laughs> really? Not your fault. Hmm. 
What about you? Somebody else. John? Oh, I thought, oh, Star Trek. <laughs> Fucking hate Star Trek. You should have seen him when we went to see Wrath of Khan in the theater. He was so oh, mad yeah, the whole time. <laughs> that movie sucks I so he was going to start heckling and throwing shit at the screen. Me and Tony are over there loving yes. it. And he was so pissed. <laughs> I really wish I could have took a nap. But, but when they come with the little thing to Christopher Pike, he goes, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. funny. But if we hadn't taken you to see Wrath of Khan, you would not have. I'm just happy you didn't yell Khan. When some... <laughs> That's not this movie. Elaine um, has a problem with yelling Khan. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Tony? Khan! <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm always friends. down to watch this movie, so. I'm sorry, friends. She does you can make right. your Alexa yell Khan. I don't know if you know that. Yeah. If, if you say, Alexa, revenge is a, or, you know, something. Is like, a dish best or cold? She'll yell Khan at you. That's really Just a funny. little tip for you guys. <laughs> she used to do self-destruct too, but she won't do it for me anymore. Aww. I made her do it to me then. She's like, look, I'm not self-destructing anymore. She counted on you to stop it, and you never did. Because <laughs> well, she used to do all the cool shit. I'd go, Alexa, red alert. And she, Alexa, shields up, fire, photon torpedoes. And she would do it. It was cool, but now she doesn't play any games with me anymore. So. She used to Well, you insisted that we unplug Rhapsody. her. Well, She's not your friend anymore. Maybe. My, she used okay. to sing um, Bohemian Rhapsody. You'd say, you know, Alexa. Oh, really? I see a little silhouette of a man, and she would do the whole thing. Wow. Well, Alexa and I played this game where I asked her to turn on the den light, (laughs) and she turns turns on the bedroom light. (laughs) Which is great for me. While John is asleep. Because the bedroom light is right above me while I'm sleeping, and it turns on at like four in the morning. It's a really fun game. Fuck you! And John is like, stop doing that. And I'm like, it's not me, it's Alexa. And then it happened to him one day. He's like, did that just turn on the bedroom light? And I was like, yes. And then she yelled, gone! <laughs> and then I, no, I yelled, whore. Because that's what I call Alexa. Because oh we don't get along. But let's hear what some people thought about this movie. Hmm. Daw Sims gives it a 10 out of 10. As an original Trekker, I took exception to some of the trailers, and I waited for this movie being somewhat skeptical. But after viewing, I must say I was very impressed. It was a Star Trek at its core, they were usually overmatched in and in over their heads, but always found a way to win with wits, intelligence, and usually some humor. It was a home run all the way around, especially in the casting. The original members should be proud of their stand-ins, and if you have been a fan as long as me, there were nods in the movie from almost all of the Trek pantheon. J.J. did the best work of his career and made a story that any fan should be able to accept. Which I thought was, that's pretty much how I feel about it. Mm. Now I have two bad reviews. <laughs> two bad reviews. Supposed to do one. I'm gonna read. I'm only so gonna funny. read. This is gonna be a long podcast, and she's no. <laughs> I'm gonna only read movie. one. Was this movie like three, four hours? <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm gonna read this like one it. from Ryan CM. Ryan Seacrest? No, CM. Oh, it'd be a lot cooler. If it was Ryan. He gave oh, it a yeah. one out of ten. I give CM one out of ten. A one is too much for this trashy movie. A zero is more like it. First, the story makes no sense. I couldn't keep up with all the plot holes. And second, the acting was horrible. I've seen much better acting in high school plays. Where did these actors come from? Grammar school? Even worse was the way it was shot. Wiggly camera shots do not make for enjoyable viewing, contrary to what the director and the head honchos who make photography in these movies even when the camera is on somebody, the camera never stops moving, either from side to side or around the action or, or around the actor or action. And then he yells, will you director stop using this way of filming action movies? 
The only decent thing were the credits because the movie was finally over. Damn. Damn. I don't think he's going to yay your movie. No, he definitely made it. There's another one. That was one. from John 2019. <laughs> <laughs> There's another one that I think is really funny because one of the reasons he's angry is because Spock does not have casual sex. <laughs> Which I thought was really funny, but I elected not to read that one. All right. <laughs> and there we go. And that's Star Trek. Thanks for coming, guys. Yay. All right. So what do you think, Tony? <laughs> okay. So. Let us begin. In the beginning. We open on a Federation starship. It's the USS Kelvin. Or the UFS. Is it USS? USS. Okay. Which seems weird. Because you'd think there'd be an F in there for United yeah, Federation, Federation Space Force. <laughs> you'd think it would be UFP. United Federation of Planets? I don't know. IDJ-ARA. Um, they seem, they appear to be investigating an anomaly. And we see a scary looking ship emerging from a wormhole of some sort. Which, why did this ship need to look like daggers? Mm. Just, it looks, or like a sea anemone, maybe? Because it's scary. I mean, obviously it's scary. It's fucking gigantic. Same reason the Cobra Knife has claws on it. The mystery ship immediately fires on the Calvin, and it majorly damages the ship, and they start preparing the lifeboats. Majorly damages? And they start preparing the lifeboats. The mystery ship... The shuttles, whatever. Shuttles. Pods. <laughs> Escape pods is, I believe, what Flotilla. they call them. And there's one guy's like, "That's this is my pod. What are you doing? And he's like, I'm the bearded lady. What are you, one of the freaks? And kicks him out, right? No, that's baseball. Ah. Okay. So the mystery baseball. ship then sends a communique, which demands the captain to shuttle over to the mystery ship to negotiate a ceasefire. Captain's the bad guy from Iron Man 1. The captain is the bad guy from Iron Man 1. Welcome the to the podcast. The cave. We'll see you again soon. Um, are you going to do Iron Man? Yeah, I'm doing it next under Dracula rules. <laughs> this podcast I, got a whole lot more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a... No, because if you want to... That one do, didn't make $6 billion. You'd have to do <laughs> Iron Man 3 because that was a Christmas movie. Ooh. You say... That movie did make over a billion dollars. <laughs> that made like $1.5 billion. <laughs> Captain Robal Or Robal 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 Robo. Tells George Robo. Kirk. If he's not back in 15 minutes, put the ship on autopilot and evacuate. And leaves George Kirk, the mighty Thor, in charge. Who should have just killed them all because he's Thor. Um, I come from the lands of the ice and snow. At this point, I said, oh crap, he doesn't have his Thor powers yet. And Amanda's like, who? And I said, that's Thor. And she was like, oh! <laughs> Like he's not he sexy look, yet. He does look very young. He's so though. young. He does, and he's, he's missing like baby. thirty pounds of muscle. Yeah, <laughs> he's just a baby here. But um, so we get to the enemy ship, and we're sh- and um, the captain gets there, and he's shown a hollow graphic image of a ship, and asked if he knows this ship, and then he's asked if he knows Ambassador Spock, and of course he doesn't because he isn't around yet. Yeah, he's not around. He's a kid somewhere. And then he asks the star date. And the star date is 22-334. And this enrages him. Be and he's like, fuck, we're not in the right place. <laughs> because he realizes he's come so far back in time. Mm-hmm. And he fires... Wait, bet on the World Series. So he fires on the Federation ship to destroy it because he's so pissed off. He just jumps up and like... Throws a spear thing straight through the captain. <laughs> and then they fire on the ship. Yep. So then Kirk evac- evacuates the ship. He call- We see his wife, 
whose name is Winona, which I thought was funny because Winona Ryder's in this movie, <laughs> but not playing Winona. Nope. <laughs> and um, isn't she one of the Judds? <laughs> she is a Judd, but not this Winona. This Winona, Winona is played by um, Jennifer Morrissey, who was I don't care. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. She was also she's one of the time. Still doesn't yeah. matter. And she was in How I Met Your Mother. Ooh, yes. I Least love that. Favorite show. character, probably. <laughs> I Met Your I, Mother for me. I, is there a How I Met Your Mother podcast? Because we should watch. I'm sure there that. is. I'm sure there is. Sure there's a few. Because that would be legendary. Thank you. Wait for it. <laughs> So we see that Kirk's wife is in labor. We, she's from house. And he's telling her to, she says, I'm having the baby now. And he says, get to the escape pod. Get to the chopper. Get to your shuttle. Um, so then there's an autopilot malfunction. And Kirk tells the shuttle to leave without him. And she's like, wait, wait, you're George, George, you're not here. And he's like, I can't leave. This is the only way to save you and everybody else. So their son is born. They make a couple jokes about. It's like we should name him after your father. He's like Tiberius. That's terrible. Name. <laughs> we should name him after your dad, James. So they call him Jim. Then there's an explosion, and that is the end of George Kirk. But don't worry, he seems to land on his feet. He <laughs> left this franchise that made what three hundred million to <laughs> Thor, which made all the money. And some of those movies weren't very good. That's true. But the Avengers was awesome. We'll talk about it later. Okay. <clears throat> Let's talk about Iowa. You know, um, <laughs> funny funny fact about this. About Iowa? movie named Crocodile Dundee was, <laughs> <laughs> was that knife was very heavy. He walked around New York City with that knife. That's a big knife. So John is listening to that episode of the podcast. And he says to me, I'm so pissed at you and Tony and those fucking Crocodile Dundee facts. <laughs> it was hilarious. It was so funny, though. <laughs> and I said, it's so funny. He goes, it wasn't to me. But he was mad all over again. Oh. I hate when I'm, I like when I'm watching, listening to a podcast, and Elaine made me mad then because I get mad at her all over. Again. Yeah, he does. For no reason, I'm like I just don't like your face. I'm like, go away! What did I do three weeks ago? <laughs> Back in Waterworld. <laughs> yeah, no, he was so pissed about that all over again. Anyways, where are you going? Anywhere but here. <laughs> so back to Iowa. We see a kid driving a classic car. He gets a phone call from what I assume is his stepdad because he makes a comment about his just because you live in my house and just because your mom's off planet, you can't just think you can do whatever you want. This is, by the way, a very classic car yes. at this point. <laughs> yeah, this was like a 60s. Hundreds of years. Like like 260-year-old Corvette Stingray. I don't know Which what is it was. surprising that it still works. Yeah. And so whatever that thing was worth, there's this little shit driving it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would fucking throw that kid off a cliff. Well, no, nowhere that <laughs> so baby would go it. in a baby boat. <laughs> Damn. You throw him in the river and forget the boat. Um. So. Two hundred and seventy-eight years he's old. He's driving super super fast, and we see a cop who tries to pull him over, and he won't pull over. And By the way, he's driving as fast as this car will go, but the cop is on like a little, he's like, on a glider, like yeah. a glider yeah. thing, and he's just rolling next to him, like, dude, pull over, yeah. like I can go faster than you. I don't. <laughs> but this, this this motor bike hover thing is he like takes two years a turn old. Turn down yeah. a dirt road to escape. Instinct Let me put port. some You're air fucked. quotes up there because he doesn't escape. He's anything. not escaping, and he drives right for this giant quarry. I'm assuming because there's not cliffs in Iowa. And the car is going to go off the fucking side of this cliff. 
and he jumps out at the last second and manages not to fall the over the cliff. last second. Almost dies. This car, which was probably worth so much money. Is anybody else sad that he jumped out? I mean, I don't want the kid He's to die, down. but the movie would have been over. <laughs> that car is gone. Yeah. He jumps out. So right his stepdad is going to be you're not my real dad. Yes, well, I'm really going to kill you. <laughs> I was very surprised the car didn't explode. Like, it's a movie. Well, cars don't really explode. I know, but I would, I would expect they it to explode behind, under him. And then when he was talking to cop, I expect the black smoke to curl up, you know. The other movie, day, I was driving home from work, and there was a car on fire on the interstate. And it's like engulfed in flames, and, and I kept explode. And it didn't explode, no. and I was real sad. Because I kept thinking it was going to really explode sad. any second. Well, I looked when I drove past. There was nobody in it. Oh, okay. When I was in high school, me and my brother... They were like 20 feet down the road breakfast. with the, the good Samaritans like, who stopped explode. when they it noticed explode. there was a no, car on fire. When it got to the gas tank, the flames got bigger. And yeah. When it ran out of gas, the flames got smaller. Yeah. And that was it. But I mean... <laughs> like, I, that's really anticlimactic. I had never seen a car engulfed in flames before. Nope. In real life. Oh. I had. And it, it was the, it's kind of anticlimactic. It smelled really bad. Yeah. It does smell bad because some people are funky like a monkey. Burning rubber too. Yep. But speaking of people that don't smell funky like monkeys, let's go to Vulcan. How do you know they don't smell like monkeys? I don't know. I think Vulcan children probably bathe on the regular. It's only logical. <laughs> I don't know. Well, they were in school, and generally you make sure your kids don't smell at school because nobody wants to be a smelly kid. They get picked on. Also, the smelly cat. Speaking of kids who get picked on. <laughs> smelly cat. So smelly we see a bunch cat. of Vulcan children taking. Test. There was a Vulcan and his wife. Um, and she. Sorry, I'm gonna do that forever, and it's your fault. This episode's gonna take a really long time if you do that. <laughs> well, let me tell you a little fact about Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> yeah, you got any more? Because <laughs> they made a Crocodile Dundee four commercial thing, mm-hmm. and you know what? I was really hoping that wasn't a real movie. It ended up being a commercial for Australia. Mm. You know who was in the commercial? Chris Paul. Hemsworth. Oh, I was gonna say Paul oh, Hogan. Well. Good for him. And Margaret Robbie. Oh. All right, now fuck off. Not good for her because she's kind of terrible. Um. So uh, you make me lose my spot. Yeah, sure. <laughs> We're Start not over. even in the Rob first Vulcan. ten minutes the of the take some tests. Then, <laughs> then we see Spock and some other Vulcan children surround him. They make fun of him, and he's kind of ignoring them until one of them calls his mom a whore mm. and his father a traitor, and so he beats the shit out of that kid. Yep. Like you would. Yep, like any American would do, or and then, human, rather. Then he has a little chat with his dad, and his dad's like, you got to figure out what side you want to be, if you want to be Vulcan or human, and he asked his dad why he married his mother, and his dad said it was only logical. <laughs> then we flash to the future, and we see Spock with his mom. Hello, Winona. Hello. And he's asking her advice Check about whether he should stuff. complete his Vulcan, his Vulcan training and purge all of his emotions. And uh, she tells him that he should do whatever he wants. And then it's not up to her. Because she's a good parent. She said, you do you, boo-boo. <clears throat> but I don't think he did ever uh, purge all his no. emotions. Because then we see him before the Vulcan, uh, the uh, being accepted into the Vulcan Science Academy. And how they're, you know, very thrilled to have him. And that he did so well based on his... Um, his handicaps. His handicaps. And he's like, what are you talking about? He did so well despite your disability. And he's like, I don't know. He's like, what are you talking about? And it's some rude comments about his mom. Your human and he's mother. like, thanks, but no thanks. And then he tells you, no thank you. And they're like, nobody's ever said no before. And he's like, No well. Vulcan has. And he's yeah. like, well, now hi, you won't sully your perfect record with the non-Vulcan. And then he tells them to live long, live long and prosper 
in the same tone of voice you would tell someone to fuck right off. <laughs> and then, it's masterfully delivered. And then he said, F this, I'm mobile. Yes, he did. No, we should watch it's it. It's a Starfleet. And we got to watch it soon. It's mm-hmm. not just friends. I said time of year, I'm sure it'll be free on Voodoo. Ooh, or Amazon. Ooh, the Amazon. All right. Then we're back in Iowa. Iowa. And now we see, a, <laughs> we see a pretty girl walking into a bar. The bell. Nice. Hanging out. She walks up to a bar, orders a bunch of drinks. How's that good news? It is to me. <laughs> and Kirk hits on her. She and Zach t- took the money. Zach Morris is trash. <laughs> she tells him to pretty much piss off, but he proceeds anyways and makes her smile. So she tells him her name. Her last name, and he's like, "That's a weird name." And she's like, "It's my last name." And then he, no, wants he says, "That's a weird first name." And she, he, she says, "That's my last name." And he's so like, "What's your first name?" First, no, no. So then I have first names on your planet. <laughs> but uh, she basically tells him to piss off, and we see some other cadet, and she she's says, a, off, ghost." She's a Starfleet cadet, and we see some other Starfleet cadets come up because they decide that they need to interfere because this towny dude is. Hitting on one of their women, which is one, one of those of their ma- women, which is one of those macho bullshit things that this is toxic masculinity right here. Yeah, it's macho <laughs> bullshit thing. Toxic masculinity. But um, and they tell uh, they They're tell like, does he bother you? She's like, no, I'm yeah, like, I got this. It's nothing I can't handle. And they just like, no, well, we're gonna handle it. She's like, I'm Gamora, bitch. <laughs> and they say they tell him to leave her alone, and he's like, look, we're having a conversation, and the guy goes, hey, maybe you can't count, but there are four of us and one of you. And he's like, so get some more guys and maybe it'll be an even fight. And then there's a fight. And she keeps trying to break it up, but they're not listening to her. And Kirk pretty much gets the shit kicked out of him. He gets some good licks in, but it is four on one. And this is the first time that I looked at the screen and realized, like, when he's laying down on the table and he looks up and he's all bloody, Mm -hmm. you could tell he's got a lot of makeup on. Mm -hmm. And not the blood, like makeup, makeup. And also, there was a meme or a... Or a YouTube video or something called uh, Chris Pine Dumbface, and they said uh, whenever you, they said you can know Chris Pine has never been in a fight in his life because every time he gets punched in the face, he makes this face and they show you the face. And it's like oh, and you, if you get a chance, check it out. It's hilarious. Every movie he's in, he gets punched in the face and he makes a stupid face. John kept noticing the makeup he was wearing, which I think you can't not notice once you notice. It's like <laughs> oh my god, that man wears a lot of makeup. I know I had that same problem in Avengers Endgame because the makeup person who did Captain America's makeup gave him a lot of blush. But that's America. <laughs> I could ass. not stop noticing because his cheeks were well, awful rosy. Of, there's a lot of CGI makeup in that movie too. If you watched like Tony Stark in Avengers and then watch Tony Stark in Endgame. Looks like a younger version. <laughs> did, they, did they touch up Chris um, Evans' ass at all? I don't think so. That's, <laughs> that's America's America. ass. But I the bet fight. he gets that a lot. Woohoo! Look at America's ass. <laughs> I would be proud of that. But thank you. <laughs> the fight eventually end, is ended by uh, Captain Pike, who whistles, who whistles, <laughs> and then pretends to be Kirk's dad. They have a little chit-chat where this perfect stranger treats him like he's his son. Mm-hmm. It's a little weird. And uh, he says, you should join the academy. He tries to convince him to enlist in Starfleet. He's like, I know who you are. He said, you'll be an officer in four years and have your own ship in eight. I'm like, I don't know how what kind of advanced fucking advancement you guys have nowadays or back then or in the future. But goddamn. Well, he said he saw all of his test <laughs> scores. Fast. That's so, ridiculous. Yeah. He said he saw all his test scores, so he's obviously like... 
He's supposed to be like a genius. I don't yeah. care how fucking smart you are. They're not giving you a goddamn ship in eight years. Uh, maybe they are. Um, he says your father was captain of a starship for 12 <laughs> minutes and he saved 800 lives, including your mother's and yours. I dare you to do better. And Kirk is like, piss off. He's like, piss off, ghost. And Sorry, no, that was Korg. But then we see Kirk. Listen to our Thor Ragnarok episode to get that reference. We then see Kirk on his motorcycle. Sitting outside Starfleet And it's base. a classic motorcycle. And by classic, I mean it's a few hundred years old. That's right. <laughs> and he he obviously learned some skills, mechanic skills from his stepdad, who didn't kill him when he drove his car off the cliff. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> obviously. But... You think he'd be better being punched in the face, because I guarantee you his dad, yeah. stepdad, punched him in the face. Yeah. But he shows up, and somebody's like, that's a cool motorcycle. And he's like, it's yours. <laughs> and he just gives it away and joins Starfleet. No, because I had a whole thing I was going to say, and now it doesn't matter. So he sits on the shuttle. He says, what's up to Uhura? He says, piss off to the guys that beat him up. And uh, he sits next to a gentleman who is going to get sick, who says he might throw up on him because he hates um, space flight. And Kirk's like, you know where we're going? And he's like, yep. (laughs) He's like, but I don't have a choice because my wife took the whole damn planet in the divorce, (laughs) which is poor bone. And that's how he meets McCoy. Bones. The only thing she left me with was my bones. Yep, so he calls him Bones. Three years later. The only thing she left me was my bones. <laughs> you real, your lawyer fucking sucks. <laughs> what did he do? <laughs> like, he must have been a real shitbag. I guess. And you're like... You seem or, she, like, or she was really rich or something. I don't know. Took everything if she away. was really rich, then he should have got a little something. <laughs> like, what happens your when your really restraining order distance is a planet? I feel like he was just being sarcastic. He doesn't want to be on the same planet as her anymore. <laughs> I mean, probably. But then he would just say that. His sarcasm like, oh, game is very strong. My, yeah, my divorce is, was brutal. I can't be in the same solar system as her. I might. It's funnier this way. No, it's not. Anyways, three years later, we're on Nero's ship. They arrived at the coordinates where they came through the wormhole. And they're waiting for the one that destroyed their world. Rosenbridge? They're going (laughs) to capture him. The devil's angels. And they're going to make him watch (laughs) while they destroy his world. We see the wormhole open and Spock's ship emerges. And he is captured. Then, at the academy, Kirk tells Bones that he's going to take the Kobayashi Maru again. They're in a. This is from the TV show. Bones tells him this is ridiculous. This is the third time. Everybody fails that test. It's the point of the test. And Kirk says, "I'm taking it again." Then we see Kirk with a girl, and who and she. They hear her roommate come home, and she's like, "You gotta hide. I promised I wasn't gonna have men home anymore." Rachel Nichols. I like her. And what's funny is she's green, and she looks like she's wearing paint. Like she looks like she's wearing. You know, like costume paint. Well, that was whereas a- Gamora, when she wear green, looks like her natural skin tone. Well, there's lots of nods to the original Star Trek TV series, and, and one of them was the aliens that looked like that. So they probably used the, they probably did it because it that way because it makes her they look the her same look terrible. as they did in the TV the series. Terrible. He also has a problem with Ohura's uniforms. 
Mm-hmm. And the fact that they're skirts. Dude, no, not yeah. skirts. It's like they're, they're short mini skirts. Have from you the original series. watched some of <laughs> Which, the original series? It's bananas what they had the way First of all, apparently see their asses. First of all, I think that is ador- I think that's a cute outfit, and I would feel cute wearing it. And second of all, all they do is sit in fucking chairs on a spaceship. <laughs> it's not like they need to be in coveralls. <laughs> they got the business hanging out. On the and show, they really did. <laughs> see, that's just very misogynistic. Look, this, this movie's just dripping no. with toxic masculinity. No, there are lots of women that like to wear skirts, short skirts, and dresses. They enjoy it. Don't trigger that me. That doesn't mean don't, that don't it's for me. men. You're triggering. Don't be a triggerer. Oh, I'm going to pull your trigger later when we're alone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Hi, Mom. We see the roommate. It, cu- it turns out to be Ohura. Uh, the roommate Ohura. comes in, and she's tell- it's Ohura. And she tells her roommate, She's getting she next. tells Lady Green <laughs> that she intercepted a distress call from a Klingon prison planet. I'm sorry, did anybody else th- think it was weird that when a horror comes in, this girl's sitting there in her underwear, and then, and then a horror starts taking off her clothes? I'm like, look, oh. they're like college roommates. <laughs> yes. All right, well, if you sit there, did, would you sit there naked on, on the bed but waiting for your roommate to come out? Home? But so Not intentionally, but it was all of a sudden. I would have probably gotten under the covers. But Ohura is but. like, so who's the mouth breather you have on the side of your bed? And he pops up. How can you? And she's me? like, it's you. And he's like, can I get your first name? And she's like, get the fuck out of my room. While she's standing there, and then, naked. and then we see them the next day or later the same day. Who knows? During the Kobayashi Maru scenario, Kirk has is looking as nonchalant as possible. And he's supposed to be participating in the scenario, and he's acting like nothing is happening. He's eating an apple. They're like, they're attacking. He's like, it's all right. They're they hailing us for help. Nah, don't do anything. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it turns, it goes from what is supposed to happen to something completely different. He's like, fire on them. And, he's, and they're like, well, their shields are up. And he's like, oh, they fire on them. And they fire on them. They destroy the enemy ship. And they save all the hostages without taking us, or all the... Are they hostages? Yeah. Oh, Kobe, people on Kobe the Maru is a test of character. Basically, you roll in. It's a, it's a stress Dude. signal. You roll into Klingon uh, territory you're not supposed to go into. And it's a trick. And then fucking Klingons come from everywhere and they kill you. It's just to show you, see how you act as a captain if shit goes bad. Kirk's whole yeah. thing, this is from Star Trek 2. Kirk's whole thing is, I don't believe that there's a scenario you can put me in that I can't get out of. So he hates the test, and he thinks it's bullshit. So he hacks the system. Yeah, which was a deleted scene. He was sleeping with that green girl to get the Uh, code code. to get to there, but they cut that out. So probably for better. Because it makes him look (laughs) less worse. It makes him look (laughs) douchier. It makes him look like Tom Cruise in The Mummy. Yeah, He's eating Apple, because Star Trek 2, he ate Apple. Well, they but he fixed it so so he would win. And then we flash to the test administrators... And one of them is Spock, and the one guy says to Spock, how did he do that? And Spock's like, I have no idea. <laughs> and then we see, a di- then we're at a disciplinary hearing about his cheating. And it's Tyler Perry. And he faces <laughs> off against Spock. It'd be cool if it was Medea. <laughs> and he says that I don't believe in the no-win scenario, and that I just, you know, I figured out a way to win, which is what you would do. And Spock's like, you're missing the whole point of the scenario is to, you know, how do you deal with death? He said, you of all people should know that. And then, then Kirk gets pissed. He's like, yes. what do you mean me of all people? Because of your father. And they're about to get in a fight. But the hearing is interrupted by a distress call from Vulcan. And all cadets are ordered to report to the hang- to Hangar 1. Which apparently everybody's getting graduated today. Because I guess they need to outfit the fleet. 
Yeah, which is fucking stupid. Look. So you have this big intergalactic space force, <laughs> and all of a sudden it's so bad that we need to get the recruits out right now, and you guys are all going to be in key positions. Um, you're all fucked. But it is a little... There's a couple of things in this movie that are contrived and make this movie sillier than I remember it. It's like, that shit's <laughs> but, amazing. Like, no defenses on Vulcan? At all? <laughs> Aren't you guys, like, the super geniuses of our universe and you don't have any... You don't have, like, a, a gun or but something? The, the fact that all of a sudden all the cadets are now part of the space... Like, I guess they needed... And they did split them up between various ships. There was yeah. eight ships. And then Ahura's like, excuse me, you have me on USS... No. I'm well, sorry. <laughs> well... She does. She. That's because she wants to be where he is. She's like, you put me on the blah blah blah, and I need to be on the Enterprise. Um, why? She says she's like, are my not... scores the best? Am I not the best in the world? Yeah. You will put me on the ship, and he's like, okay. Well, he's like, like, I didn't want. To they're sleeping like... together because there's no other way he'd yes. have done that. He just he said that I didn't want to do favoritism. Yeah, I wasn't paying that close attention. Although you get the impression that. It wouldn't have necessarily been a it show of favoritism be. because she was the she best. She was the yeah. best. So she would have gotten the, the shit whole, that she requested. Wait a minute, but the whole point of these characters is that they are the best. They are the smartest, the brightest, the bravest, the Chekhov most wonderful. Chekhov only 17. <laughs> and we don't know how long he's been there because he wasn't in the academy with the rest no. of these guys. He's been there. Yeah. I don't think he's been there very long. This is the new... I mean, it's the new... He's not Doogie Hauser. This is the new Federation flagship... So she obviously wants to be on the flagship where she can be put to the best use of her ability. And if she is this really top-notch linguist, she probably should be there. Or she should be on another ship and make them all even. Because if you have some ship that's super best in the world and all the best guys are on there and they get exploded, then you lost all your best guys. Well, they don't think they want to spread them out. Nobody thinks Vulcan's being attacked. They think they're having some kind of horrible seismic event. But you want to spread this out your like best people. like when California fell into the ocean. Uh-huh. But you want to spread out your best people. That's just smart. It you is- don't want to put them all in one thing. It's called a single point of failure, and it's bad leadership. Well, perhaps it, there were better people on other ships. We just didn't see no, that. Not they're not well, our they All the ships no, no. exploded. So they portray these have, people as the best. Elaine said they're the best of the best. The cream of the crop, if you will. The creme de la creme. They're the best around. No one's ever going to take them down. <laughs> nice karate kid reference. You're welcome. Try to get this because you're only... Yeah. They're the best of the best. They would win the World Karate Tournament. That was the All-Valley, wasn't it? Legal karate no, no, no. Now I was going to the best of the best. Oh. Okay. It wasn't a world karate tournament. That was Brother a taekwondo. Oh, I'm sorry. The world taekwondo tournament. Mm-hmm. They have been training their whole lives to get shoot. <laughs> nice. Uh, All right. Trying to okay. Vision quest. Look, the whole point of this is that it's a reboot, and they have to figure out some way to get the characters. That There's we an love easier way to do that. In the same you've all been place. To this ship. In the same. But this lets us know that Spock and Uhura are having a relationship. Which is something new and different because previous to this, we don't think Spock ever got down. You know what else would do and it? And Spock oh, gets down. True. Yeah. No. <laughs> Spock gets down. He goes down, down. You know what else would do it? The other scene where they're kiss, where they're sucking face, and he calls her by the, her first name. And you know, like hibbity dibbity. Yeah, but this this is foreshadowing that they Ooh, have a foreshadowing. Tony, you're right. Tell me about foreshadowing. It's a little less than five shadowing, but okay. better than three shadowing. <laughs> Okay, that's, so that's that's 
Uh, that checks out. All, so they all try to get onto their ships, but Kirk is not assigned a ship because he is on administration. Uh, yes, he's on academic suspension. Double secret probation. So Bones is like, I'm sorry, man. We'll see you when we come back. And he starts to walk away, but then he's like, oh, I gotta help my friend. So... And she's about to lose his bones now after they figure so out... So Bones did. gives him some a vaccine that makes him look like he's really sick and then uses this as a plot to get him onto the Does Enterprise Does it make him look like he's really sick or make him really sick? It, he didn't well, look good. it gives him the <laughs> symptoms of the disease. It makes him vaccines do. It makes him sick. Well, vaccines are the disease. It gives yeah. you the disease. That's why I never take the flu shot. Last time we got the flu shot... No, I got sick. And they're like, oh, no, that was a coincidence. Oh, really? Because me and the girl standing behind me both got fucking sick and we got shots. Boom, you boom. You don't get sick from the flu shot. Really? Because <laughs> stats don't lie, okay? I got sick. She got sick. We were in line. We were both healthy as fucking clams one day. Took the shot. Got sick the next day. You were around a bunch of other people who were getting shots. Uh-huh. You were with strangers. You probably had the common cold. You probably didn't get the fucking flu. No, we got the flu. Oh, really? Were you thrown up and did you have the shits? Yes. <laughs> really? Yes. Lies. Yes. Lies. You don't know. Prove it. The flu shot does not give you the flu. Actually, it does. You can still get the flu even if you get a flu shot <laughs> because, because the it... flu shot only covers certain strains based off projected flu. Yeah, they're like, these four strands, let's give them that. And they're like, oh shit, we missed one. Mommy they... and daddy are fighting. <laughs> I'm under the bed. I'm under the bed. <laughs> All, right. Oh, All right. We don't need to talk about this. He gets, he starts so experiencing But they go, the but he gets on the ship. So we're underway. So everybody's on the ship. The Kobayashi Maru ship? We're on the, the Enterprise. The Enterprise. The USS So Captain Pike tells the checkoff to make a announcement to the crew. And zero, he tells. Zero four. Sorry. He tells the crew <laughs> the details of the mission. Kirk in sickbay hears this and recognizes one of the things that they said there was a lightning storm in space and kirk is like holy shit i know what's happening i know what's happening it's his memory so <laughs> he goes to uhura he finds her and asks her about the discre- distress call was it romulan and she says it was and he's like oh my god they're being attacked so we flash to vulcan and we see a the scary ship and a large sort of drill thing drilling into the planet and we back, go back to the Enterprise. Kirk bursts onto the bridge. And they're like, what the fuck are you doing here? You're not supposed to be on the ship. But he manages to get Pike to listen to him. And he tells him that Vulcan is being attacked by Romulans. And Uhura confirms his story. And he's like, and this Pike... It's the same thing that killed my father. And you yeah. wrote the report on it. So I know you know what I'm talking about. And he's about. telling him, look, you got to at least consider that you're going into a trap. So and then and then was it Ahura or whoever the comms person is is like, well we don't know what's going on but we can't get anybody to answer yeah. any of our hailings that's at Vulcan so we don't know what's going on and they're like because they're all well dead. The, he's he asked the comms guy can are you picking up any Romulan transactions and he's like uh, I don't speak Romulan and he looks at Ahura do you speak Romulan and she's like all three dialects so she takes his place because he does not speak Romulan. But and she's amazing. You she, can't tell the difference between Romulan yeah. and Vulcan. Yeah. So she listens, and then she's like, "I actually can't hear any Romulan or Vulcan or any frequencies at all." And so he puts the shields up, and then they arrive in the war zone <coughs> and almost get taken out by ship debris. Yeah, it's a mess. So you would think they would have looked ahead. I don't know how warping works. Nero is destroyed. Does I understand warping is they bend space time? Yeah. Is that mm-hmm. right? Hmm. If you want to be somewhere, you bend space. 
under you, basically, around you, and put you there, and then it returns, the, the space goes back to normal. That seems like a really bad idea. Space is malleable. Is space malleable? It's a theory. Isn't it a storyline at some point, though, that the warp is too fast? Yeah, eventually they do it so much that it starts tearing space, so they have to stop doing it as much. <laughs> they keep warp nining everywhere every time they get bored. And eventually they're like, you keep you, doing this, you're going to tear holes in space-time, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, okay, we have to keep it at warp 5 Yeah, because if you keep folding something, eventually yeah. it, it's integrity. So warping just seems like a bad idea. We probably shouldn't do that. Huh? We'll see. Someone know. call Neil deGrasse Tyson and ask him. <laughs> he seems like he would know. I don't know if any of the math on that checks out. But what I do know is that Nero Theoretically? Mm-hmm. says, hey, what ship is that? Zooms in, notices Nothing it's physics. the Enterprise, and contacts them. He informs Christopher Pike that uh, Pike says... You know, we need to negotiate a ceasefire, and if you are favorable with me, I will try to make peace with the Romulan government. And Nero tells him that they stand apart from the Romulan Empire. And he says hello to Spock and tells him there's something he wants him to watch. And then he tells Pike that he has to get in a shuttle and shuttle and come over to the Romulan ship. So he hangs up, and then Pike uh, asks for... What does he say? Is anybody crew members with combat training? And Sulu raises his hand. You mean Harold? No, (laughs) Sulu. Harold. Sulu. You didn't mention him in the for being Harold and Kumar. No, I just said he was Henry Joe. Yeah, but he's he's Harold. So, question. Yes. All right. So I understand Spock worked at the academy. Mm -hmm. He's a seasoned officer. Mm -hmm. Sure. Why is he first mate? He's not. He's He's a science officer. He's he makes. Spock first off he makes Spock captain. I don't know that he was first officer before so, this. Would there but not have been a first officer? He does not we don't know. Maybe they hadn't finished uh picking out the crew yet. Yeah, that before they said let that sucker make sail or whatever they call it. They'd this have is had an to have emergency that worked situation. Out. They, they, they would pretty much at the end of this movie there'd pretty much been a mutiny of everyone that was stepped on when these crow just this crew just rose the ranks over yeah. or maybe he like was, um hey I've scotty been, you be engineer i know there's 20 other people ahead of you but, but fuck it, you're an engineer i've been an maybe, engineer for 20 years <laughs> i mean maybe he was always going to be the first officer and that this and the enterprise wasn't set to launch until after this academy graduated so we say because they he were waiting he maybe yeah he had orders all right because we see that sulu's already there and Chekhov is already there and they so already they had waiting, a crew waiting for Spock to graduate his academy, and then he was going to go perhaps, to the ship. Perhaps they were Spock trying had already to graduated. Yeah, Spock clearly was no. an officer already. But they perhaps. were waiting for this class to finish, so he could because go take a ship. Well, so that Spock could go, and perhaps they were kicking out key members of this academy class to round out their crew. They, you know what? Like, like the Incredible Hulk, I'll give you that. It's like in Star Wars where you're all part of the Rebel Alliance and you're flying on the Death Star, and they're like, "Hey, why is this drug dealer?" Our general? Because <laughs> he's like, sleeping with Leia. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Why is he an admiral? Yeah, why but, is he leading this? He's a fucking drug so dealer. Works Pike, for the huts. Pike makes Spock captain, and he promotes Kirk to first officer, which makes no sense. I have a question. Well, he, they're... Well, I can't answer your question. He's because, buddies. Because I don't know. Apparently, Christopher Pike thinks that James T. Kirk is his son, yeah. and <laughs> using nepotism to yes. put him in a position of power. That's all I got That's for it. you. I don't know anything yeah. else. Because whenever there's a stowaway on your ship, you're like, let's put him in like the second highest position. Well, he obviously <laughs> finds Kirk to be qualified and extremely clever and thinks that he would react well under pressure situations and make the right choice. Well, he says in the second one, he says, we need people like Kirk. Kirk is 
is he doesn't play by the rules all the time. He makes leaps and jumps, and Starfleet's becoming this stale group of people that just do everything the book says. Yeah. He goes, we need a couple of cowboys. Yeah, I'm no one say, ever says that. I know. I was going to save this to <laughs> they my... They say that shit in the movies, but that's not really true. I was going to save this to the end, but I'll say it now because I feel like maybe it'll save us some John interruptions. <laughs> I doubt it, but I think possible. <laughs> this movie is not perfect. But I really like it because it makes me want to see more with these characters when they're more developed. And the two next movies actually develop these characters and put them in positions where they feel more settled and natural. Like, this movie makes jumps so that the next movies make sense. <laughs> and they make sense more than the... Because this, they just make jumps to, make the char- to get the characters in the place where you want to see them. Because in the old timeline, that's where they were. Well, I'm just going to say this one last thing about this. Okay, so Crocodile I, Dundee? No, so um, Damn. Captain Pike said, you enlist, you'll be an officer in four years and get your own ship in eight. He's in the academy, which means he's been there for... It said three years Three later. years. Three years. He and he's got command he of his own ship by the end of the movie. So that's less than four years he got his own ship. Well, but that motherfucker cut that time in half. But it's a field promotion because everyone else died. <laughs> so... It's like, look. Yeah, really, be, all those other ships are yeah. gone and all the people on them dead. Like, now everybody on the Enterprise is getting promoted. Yeah. <laughs> we, don't, we don't actually, they never say how You're big. You're out of because there's no one left. How <laughs> big Starfleet actually is. Yeah, right. We know that there were eight ships that went to Vulcan. And, and eight ships were destroyed. And, <laughs> well, seven because well, the yeah, Enterprise, so, yeah. you know, so. And but there are no, also ships that are far enough away way. that they didn't get But we don't know how many other ships. There were. So I'm assuming can, the Vulcans had ships and they got yeah. destroyed. They just don't talk about it. All right. It's kind of silly if they didn't. Proceed, mon ami. But, so, uh, Pike sends Kirk and Sulu and one other guy to attack the Romulan um, electronic, the drill. Because it's putting out, like, these electronic waves that's blocking all their communication. So they can't communicate with Starfleet or with Vulcan. It's a pinch. And they can't beam up or down. And they can't beam up or down, yeah. It interferes with a bunch of stuff. So, they have to jump out of a shuttle and like free fall to the drill and they only have one shot see i could see so, pike bringing kirk for this because he's like i need somebody well, expendable he says that yeah i was like he goes come, you come kirk you're but, not supposed to be here anyway but he's and he <laughs> says it and he goes oh by the way now you're first mate like what well that's something that i would hope he would tell other people because he only told the people that were going down and if they all died like i'm first mate like so, no, there for that though. Yeah, Spock was there. Spock was there. Sulu was there, and the dude with the detonators who yeah. doesn't make it. Yeah, the red shirt. The yeah, red shirt. We got wearing red. Yeah. Yeah. I the, forgot about this. I was like, he's gonna die. Well, because it was like, hey, it's uh, Sulu, Kirk, and Olsen go down the drill. Like, ooh, one of us ain't coming back. <laughs> Which is funny. It's like plot armor, plot armor. Never heard of him before. Yeah. But that's one of those. <laughs> nods bring to in a the new original, character. That, no. That's one of the nods to the original series, which makes it funny. So Nero tells one of his minions to prepare the red matter. Which why is it red matter? It should just be called antimatter. Or dark matter or black. I don't know why it's red matter. I'm curious. Well, to know antimatter that. would annihilate because matter. Well, I didn't read matter. any of the trivia if they or have watched any special. And neither did J.J. Abrams. Yeah, it's just I'm, a MacGuffin because there's you can't make black hole, you know. I know. It's it's fun. Well, though. in theory, you can. If you put matter and antimatter together... Well, it'll explode, it, but not... Will annihilate, and yeah. they think it may make a black hole. Like, uh, all right, will it? We can, make, we can make antimatter. Yeah. We just can't make a lot of it. But yeah. the amount they put in this yeah. syringe is like... Mm. 
Yeah, it's also it's like I don't think the science no. works on this. Well, the amount that they have to put in a yeah, syringe that is bananas. It's <laughs> like the size of a beach ball that people play with at concerts. Yeah, it's huge. There's a lot of. Is that all the red matter in the universe? I, I like, hope. I hope. What the no. fuck? Look, is there what? green matter and does it hurt Superman? Yeah. What were the Vulcans gonna do with this? Yeah. Just I mean. Well, they were gonna destroy the. Supernova. Yes. But that didn't work out. And Supernova goes pop. Later, when we get to the Supernova, I have questions. Okay. (laughs) Sometimes I need Neil Neil deGrasse Tyson to explain things. Yeah, I'm sure Neil deGrasse Tyson watches and went, what? I think this is one of the movies that he We're only on page like four of my notes. This and Star Wars were like the two movies that he was going off about, and people were like, "Dude, shut up!" They're like, he's it like, "This matter. is fucking stupid. This doesn't make any sense." They're like, yeah, it's just a movie. They didn't get a science advisor. Clearly, <laughs> it doesn't matter though. It doesn't need to. It does to Neil. This is based off a show that didn't make any sense, so it doesn't have to make sense. Yeah. I don't <laughs> it doesn't. Neil's a genius. It makes sense within the universe, just because it doesn't make sense within our universe. Ah, oh. So the away team jumps. Pike goes to Nero. So miraculously, Kirk and Sulu land on the drill. Although Red Shirt sadly gets. It's, it's not miraculous. He's a dumbass. He's he, he's well, he lets his shoot go for too long. Kirk and yeah. and uh, Sulu they just have land. To, like land on a platform, and he's trying to land on the ground. And <laughs> he's going too far. He seems like he maybe had like space sickness or something. <laughs> space he's dementia. Got space dementia. Like, I got this. I got this. I'm going as low as I can. Like, and then he gets. You guys take a break. I'm gonna destroy this. His by shoot myself. gets sucked into the fucking the laser plasma, plasma beam, drill, yeah. and he goes poof. Yeah. But as soon as Kirk and Sulu, poof, poof. So the Romulans immediately um, attack them like when they do. land in the drill, and we and so then we get a fight, and Kirk is getting his ass kicked, and he's gonna die, and Sulu he almost dies because of a shoot, but he manages to get back up, which is a little weird because it's just a platform. Mm-hmm. So those Romulans are just in that platform, yeah, because they weren't in the drill. It was just kind no, of weird. They were, also, we're just gonna were they the going to bring them back, or are they just going to die? Maybe. Well, maybe. Kirk didn't do the Kirk move. Kirk All right. Yeah. So maybe, maybe, they're the ones that are operating the plasma pulse. So it lowers from the ship, and then the guys in the platform activate the pulse, and then they turn the pulse off, and they're raised back up into the ship. Sure. Right. Maybe. Because it would make sense that they bring the drill. Maybe back they have to so lower it. Use it again. I mean, you would <laughs> yeah, think that's that a they, shit duty, but I guess somebody's got to. I assume that they have to lower it through the atmosphere to make the pulse work properly. Yeah. I guess I don't know, but anyways, so Kirk almost <sighs> starts to lose, like he does, and is saved when Sulu fucking has the coolest sword known to man that just magically kind of appears out of nothing. <laughs> it unfolds. And he ends up having to cut his shoot, though, because yeah. he's having a lot of trouble with the shoot. And it's, yeah. it's, it's yeah. stuck. So he ends up having to cut it off. Yeah. And now he doesn't have a shoot attached to a suit. Kirk retracted his, so yeah. he, he could jump off the platform if he needed Which to. Which is a really cool, yeah. um, I was going to say umbrella, but it's parachute. Yeah. <laughs> it's also a really cool umbrella. But they have a fight, and they manage to kill the Romulans, and then they disabled the drill. And then the Romulans launch the Red Mator. Because they're they, like, they just, they fucked up the drill, but we did reach the core, so we can still do it. 
Well, because they had the charges, but the charges were with Olsen. Yeah. So they just shoot the fucking platform and yeah. then it blows up. Yeah. With but the Romulus guns. Because they, they drew a large I don't know why they didn't court. shoot the Red Matter thing, but, you know, whatever. I don't know. They just watch it go by. Yeah, they watch it go by. I was like, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that's not good. They're like, what is that? I don't know. But <laughs> shoot it. It creates a black hole in the center of the planet. Well, would it create a black hole anywhere than it fell? So, I would imagine. Spock it, says. Annihilates? So Chekhov tells Spock. So Jack off says. A, singular, a singularity has been created singular. in the center of the planet, and the whole planet's going to be destroyed. And Spock is like, how long do they have? And he says, minutes. And they, But they have communications back, so he says, evacuate Vulcan. All right? And I'm going to get the high command. And apparently they're in this special chamber where you can't beam in and out of, and you can't communicate with. In caves. In this special sacred chamber. And, he ha- and his parents are there, so... He beams down to rescue them, and which he does. And as they're being beamed back... They have to stay still. still his mother, the cliff underneath his mother crumbles and she dies. They lose her at the last second. Yeah. And then... Why no? Why no more? And even though they were able to beam back poor Sulu and Kirk... Who almost died, but they didn't. They were they not falling. <laughs> they were not able to get Miss Amanda, so she dies. And then Vulcan implodes. We have a quick shared moment between Ohura and Spock in an elevator, mm-hmm. where she's like, "Tell me what you need." She seems to need a little Spock action. A little um, Caliwhacker. She needs some V. <laughs> but. She's like, I can help you feel better. (laughs) But he's like, I just need everybody to continue to perform their duties admirably. He's like, you're you're good at the sex, but you're not lost my race good at the sex. Also, (laughs) I don't have time right now. Also, later. (laughs) We got to think that he's probably... when you girls talk about their boyfriends that seem very emotionless, this has got to be the epitome of that. <laughs> I don't know what all that sex is like, but is it enough to put up with the logic dude? <laughs> we don't know, I guess. Well, that would be logical. So then we see Nero torturing Pike to get the code to Starfleet's um, Earth defense frequencies. And Nero tells him that he will destroy the Federation planets starting with Earth, all to save Romulus. And Pike is like, you're crazy. Romulus is still there. And Nero is like, no, it's destroyed. And then when Pike refuses to tell him anything, Nero puts one of those little, I don't remember what they're called, from the Wrath of Khan inside of him. And I said, ooh, I know this. (laughs) (laughs) Then, um... Doesn't go in his ear, though. He puts it in his mouth. Yeah. (laughs) It it wasn't a baby hat. That was like an adolescent. (laughs) Nope, thank you. I wonder what it tasted like. So then we go back to the bridge. Some and gummy bear? Maybe some chicken? They're having a chit-chat about what to do, that they're going to rendezvous back with the, the fleet. The machines don't know what everything tastes like. That's why everything tastes like chicken. And Spock, thinks that, uh, and Spock thinks that they could be from the future. And Kirk wants to go rescue Pike. But Spock's like, no, we're going to the rendezvous. And Kirk is like, you can't do that. Pike told us to wreck rescue him and Spock is like we're gonna do what we're told and Kirk is like you're a fucking coward and Spock's like remove him from the bridge and then Kirk decides he's not gonna be removed from the bridge and starts beating people up and then he gets a knuck pinch and he gets kicked off the Enterprise because the plot the plot demanded it yes and you know where he puts him 
By ma- I have in my notes, it says, by massive coincidence, Kirk is marooned on a, a, a planet with future Spock. We have a word for that. It's amazing. amazing. That shit's amazing. But Kirk, of, all, of all the planets and all of the fucking Kirk is well, if you really think about it. Oh. Nero said, I'm not going to kill Spock. He waited for him to come through that hole. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to kill him. I'm going to make him watch. So Spock had to be close enough that he could see it. <laughs> But other Spock wouldn't have known that. No, no but there's still but if right he's going to mar- Vulcan is a black But hole. if he's going to maroon him somewhere, this is the closest place to do it. Because yeah. there so. is a Starfleet outpost on this planet, so technically he can't just maroon him in the middle of nowhere because that so would be So he puts cruel. him on a big block of ice. So that's much yes. better. He does. All right. So <laughs> the ship says, "Wait until a Star Trek or a Star Trek, a Starfleet person comes and gets you." But he, he opts not to and crosses the glaciers. <laughs> Which the fact that we lost most of Starfleet might be a while. <laughs> <That's true>. <laughs> <laughs> but he crosses the glacier on foot, gets attacked by a giant monster that then gets attacked by a second <laughs> monster. Which the second, the first monster is furry and makes sense. The second monster looks like a giant bug. Yeah. And how is that giant bug on an ice planet? I don't know. Well, why is, Mystery. Why is it attacking Kirk? Instead of the it giant had monster? A, a fucking giant polar bear to eat. Yeah. Also, why are there anything on this planet to eat? Because it's a giant block of ice. There's plenty of <laughs> um, creatures. Big stuff. animals need lots of calories. Mm-hmm. So, if it's a big block of ice, there's not a lot of vegetation. So, if they're not vegetarians, they got to be eating other animals. Does it seem like there's a lot of animals around? John, that's an excellent point because our own planet's history has shown that when creatures are very large, it is a time of great warmth and tropicalness. (laughs) Anywho, so... That's that's called science, which is movie design. But Kirk is rescued from giant bug monster by an old man with a branch of fire. Interesting. (laughs) Aha! Old man with a stick. And he's like, Jim? And Kirk's like, I don't know you, man. And he's like, He's like, who are you? And he says, I have been and always shall be your friend. So like, we don't fucking know each other, dude. <laughs> but Spock mind melds some an exposition dump into Kirk, which pretty much tells us all the things that we need to know about what happened in the future that has caused this stuff. Stop it. Gonna like, mind this, melt. this is going to be quicker. Look, I could tell you all this yeah. shit, but I'll just go bloop. You know it. <laughs> all right. So now, so now we know all this stuff. That's just lame. And then... <laughs> Deadpool wouldn't approve of that. So if he didn't do it, people would have been pissed. <laughs> that's true. And it was a great way to dump a bunch of exposition. And then we flash to the Enterprise, and we get a little chat between Spock and Bones, which Bones is like, you're making a bad choice. I mean, even though it's the logical choice, it's the wrong choice. And Spock is like, eh, I don't agree. And because he has a shirt on that says I'm the captain bitch yeah he's like eh you're the doctor so I don't care what you think about how I run a ship which I only tell you that so that I could bring it up later to tell you what my favorite line is and now we're back to old Spock and Kirk okay who Swerve. are going to well if you remember no keep see, going old Spock and Kirk I now refer to him as old Spock and Spock they call him <laughs> so Spock that I can Prime. Oh, Spock. That's not douchey at all. <laughs> um, in my notes, I now refer to them as Spock and Old Spock. Spock Prime. I like it's that. Spock bit. Prime and, and Spock... Uh, not my Prime. What, what was that ship called? Farragut? Not the Farragut. The, the ship that Kirk's dad was on? Calvin. Calvin. Calvin Universe, I think, is what they call this. Ah. 
Because it's an alternate universe. Yeah, the Kelvin universe. That makes sense. So Old Spock and Kirk go to the Starfleet outpost, mm-hmm. where, by another huge coincidence, they find who? That shit's amazing. Mr. Scott. <laughs> Holy <laughs> Montgomery Spot Scott. Oh. Which? I need more pack. Power Welcome, captain. Scotty. <laughs> Harley's so happy. I have a little foreshadowing to her favorite character. <laughs> but so they chat with Mr. Scott. He thinks they're they're there to. Do, uh, deliver supplies. They're not. They're, and uh, Spock shows Mr. Scott his own equation from the future for transwarp beaming. He's like, oh, yeah. Which That'll is work. Pretty, which is pretty fun. <laughs> Never thought to think that space was moving. Which is silly, because why wouldn't you know that? Of course space is moving. It's always That's ex- what they've decided, I don't know, a couple hundred years ago. It's always expanding. Um, Spock Until tells, starts retracting. So... Kirk and Scotty are going to beam to the Enterprise. Spock tells Jim not to. Old Spock tells Jim not to spell, not to tell New Spock about Old Spock. So how many times? And that he has to take command of the Enterprise and defeat Nero. How many times do you think we've done this podcast? Infinite. Oh, you mean? (laughs) Well, I hope in the other universes it went better than this. So, um, hoping the other ones actually did crocodile. In order for crocodile Dundee, crocodile Jones. (laughs) I don't know. That's what it was called. Does does that star? Does that star? Um, Justin Gordon Levitt. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Justin Gordon Levitt is in there. It's in crocodile Jones. Crocodile Jones. (laughs) That sounds like a black exploitation movie. (laughs) Crocodile Jones. Wow. Okay. So, so I saw they call me Dolomite. On Netflix yeah. with Eddie Murphy. Was it good? Yeah, I give it a recommend. Oh, okay. I might do it for the podcast. Damn. Okay, Even so. though it's not in my genre. Will was telling me it was really good. They call me Dolomite. All right, so <laughs> um, Spock tells, old Spock it, tells it definitely Kirk. definitely wasn't. Dog he is All in right. Paris right now. Oh. That sounds fun. Wee oui, wee. Oui. So, old Spock tells Kirk that he has to get Spock to um, Spock show that he's emotionally... Yeah, so Spock Prime tells Kirk that he's got to get Spock Kelvin to show that he's emotionally compromised. And Kirk is like, so I have to kind of like trick him. And he's like, no, dude, he is emotionally compromised. He just watched his whole planet die. Yeah. He says, because I'm emotionally compromised. Yeah, like he he doesn't look like he is, yeah. but he fucking yeah. is. But he is, trust me. So Kirk and Scotty Beam onto the Enterprise. We get a funny gag with Scotty Bean in a tube full of water. And Kirk, that was pretty funny. Kirk saves him, and which then, which because of this, alerts the rest of the ship to the fact that there's intruders in engineering. And then Spock is like, "Fucking arrest those guys!" He didn't say it like that because he's Spock, but they're arrested by the guys that got Kirk got in a fight with at the bar. Yes, mm-hmm. which is funny. Which is also amazing. Amazing. So that's our third amazing people. They take them not to the brig. But to the bridge, which is stupid. And then Kirk... Take him to the bridge, dirty baby. Kirk tries to provoke Spock into showing his emotional state. And at first it doesn't work. But then he says Your mom. that you never loved her in reference to Spock's mom. And if we've learned anything from previous scenes, the way to get Spock to beat you fucking down is to talk shit about his mama. And it works and Spock almost fucking kills him. Mm-hmm. He's only stops when his dad is like, dude. Aren't you captain of the ship? <laughs> like, what are you doing? I mean, this guy to get control of people. Thank, He's thanks. like, I'm captain. I do what I want. <laughs> <laughs> thank God. Him. Not thank God. My roof. 
thank God Sarek was there yeah. or Spock would have fucking killed him. He then comes back to himself and rel- and relinquishes command because he's unfit for duty. Yes, he is. Which puts Kirk in Which charge of the then ship. They're Which like, seems like great. a really bad idea. Well, it's funny because they're like, great, now we don't even... Ha- Bones is like, great, now we don't even have a first uh, first officer to take command. And Kirk's like, actually... And Sulu goes, Pike put Kirk in command. <laughs> and they're all like, what? Because <laughs> that is the most ridiculous thing. Yeah, that that's... You know what? Just when you think, but, like, wow, this movie although, can't get any weirder. Although, although Pike has a... Sorry. Has a dad on for Kirk, and he knows. I assume he, if unless he's an idiot, he knows the Romans are going to kill him. He has yeah. to know going over there that he's they're going to torture him to death. Well, he wrote he wrote a whole dissertation thing on the USS Calvin and what happened. Yeah. And Kirk is like, you know, this is a trap. Right. I read your dissertation. So it could be a. It could be like a. You know, I'm not going to say this, but it could be I'm going to die. I want to give Kirk something yeah, to help him out. Kirk, your first officer under Spock, I'm going to He's die. obviously been following his whole time at the yeah. secret dad stalking him. Yeah, so I mean, it makes sense to, in that way. Creepy. But uh, so Kirk uh, takes command. He informs the crew that they're going to go after Nero. Seems like a bad idea. Then we see Spock and his dad having a father-son chat. And in this time... His dad's like, his, I married her because I love her. His dad mm-hmm. admitted that he loved his wife and that he does feel emotion. And uh, that Spock should just embrace his anger. Ooh, embrace so, the hate. Kirk, embrace the dark side. We have cookies. So Kirk and the crew are trying to come up with a plan to infiltrate Nero's ship. And Spock comes back to the bridge and is like, we're all good now. I'm going <laughs> to... <laughs> so, I, I, I smoked some weed down in the... <laughs> I enhanced my comp. <laughs> I meditated on the transporter pad where my mom did not appear. Yeah. And now I feel better. I found my inner peace. And so this comp. They make a plan to infiltrate the ship, get the Red Manor, and Captain Pike. So, Spock's like, I'm going to volunteer for this mission. And Kirk is like, eh, I'm going to go with you. And Spock's like, I don't think you should do that, but it's you, so I know you're going to ignore me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kirk and Spock get ready to go to Nero's ship. And Kirk tells Sulu that if he gets the chance, he's got to fire on Nero's ship, even if they're still on there. And then they get on the transporter pad, and Uhura and Spock make out. And like, Kirk's face is funny here because he looks over and he's like, "What the hell?" And she he, and Spock calls her by her first name, which I don't remember. Yota. Yeah, her too. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Dude." And then. <laughs> no, it would have make this scene even better if he would have fist bumped Scott, um, Scott Spock. And <laughs> like, then, nice. No, but Boom. I like how Kirk's like. Then he would like, go. <laughs> with the thing to his fist. And Kirk goes, so her first name's Neota, and Spock's like, I'm not going to comment to that. (laughs) If they did that, it would have been my favorite scene. Boom. But (laughs) But, no, they had a blow because Chris Pine didn't think to give him a fist bump. But Scotty drops them right into a bunch of Romulans, and then they have a Mm -hmm. firefight. Because he's like, I think you're going to be in the cargo bay. But I don't know what the fuck this ship is, is, so I'm just guessing. If this ship is built effectively or properly, this will be the cargo bay. No, it's the fucking bridge. (laughs) It's not the bridge, but it's like engineering. It's very populated. It's It's built like the Batcave. It's just different levels that don't make any sense with no railings. It is built like the (laughs) Batcave. Tony was like... Where are the railings? I said, I guess they don't have OSHA where they go. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, they just like to no. jump from platform to platform. <laughs> they decided in the future that OSHA was stupid. <laughs> that's the, and it's just holding up progress. But, and, um, and anybody who falls off, that's just chlorine in the gene pool. 
But uh, Spock and Kirk manage to win, and Spock mind melds for info, and he finds both uh, the ship, the Red Matter, and Pike. So, they find old Spock's ship, which recognizes the voice of new Spock. And he's like, I think there's shit you're not telling me. And Kirk's like, I don't know what you're talking about, dude. You, you can, can fly, fly it? it? <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling that I already have. <laughs> and Kirk, so Spock kind of shrugs, but Spock takes the ship. And Kirk goes to find Nero. And they have a fight while Spock takes the ship and destroys the hull, flies out, then destroys the drill completely because he's trying to drill into Earth. And Nero is about to fucking kill Kirk when Spock destroys the drill. And then they're like, oh my, Captain, the drill has been destroyed. And Nero is like, Spock! Spock! And this distracts him from killing Kirk. And he goes, fire on him now. And they're like, if we ignite the, if we kill the ship, then we ignite the right matter and we're all going to fucking die. And he's like, I don't care, kill him. So Spock takes off and then Nero and his ship pursue. So he leads them away from Earth. Meanwhile, um, Kirk is lying there on the ground and then our gentleman from Hellbenders <laughs> comes over to finish him off. Like, Wait, what? They have, a quick, they have a quick fight in where Kirk is just about to be destroyed when he manages to kill or to grab That's his gun and then shoot him in the stomach. And then Nero fires everything he's got at Spock's ship, and he's about to be turned into red mist when the Enterprise comes out of nowhere and destroys all the missiles, saving everybody from becoming a giant black hole. Kirk then sneaks off because, I mean, he was on the fucking bridge of the ship, so he obviously snuck off, but they don't show that. He just kind of looks up and, ooh, there's Pike, (laughs) which makes no sense. But I assume he snuck off and got Pike. He just has to guess which platform in this yeah. mess it is, I guess. Maybe he could see him from where he was standing. Yeah. I guess. Like, oh, look, he's right there. And then <laughs> That's amazing. I played Mario Brothers if I jump to this one and then that one and then this one and that one. Wait for that platform to but come back and forth. The Enterprise beams them back and then beams back Spock right as the fut- as Spock had autopiloted the ship right into Nero's ship. So it collides with Nero's ship, which ignites the red matter. And that big ba-da-boom. And for some reason, Nero's ship is not immediately ex- destroyed by the wormhole that it's produced. Einstein it kind of bridge. It surrounds anus. them. It doesn't fucking matter. The ship should have been goes destroyed right at the right anus. <laughs> because the black hole appeared in the middle of their ship. It's my birthday. It shouldn't. But for some reason, the ship stays whole. Kirk hails Nero, offers to rescue them. Nero says, I'd rather fucking die. Kirk says, sure. And they blow the <laughs> ship up. That was fucking cold. As it gets awesome. like, sucked um, into the wormhole. Come on aboard. No. All right. <laughs> All right. Then the Enterprise starts to get sucked into the black hole. And Scotty, in a desperate attempt to save them, ejects the warp cores and detonates them, which has a big explosion and they're able to ride the blast wave out of the gravitational pull of the giant black hole which you gotta assume is millions of times bigger than the black hole that destroyed Vulcan because there was so much red matter <laughs> but we just don't discuss that yeah. <laughs> now we're back on there's no consequences 
does this black hole stay here forever? Is it just, <laughs> does it disappear in 30 seconds? We don't know because we're back on Earth. Spock mistakes... By the way, this black hole, very close to Earth. <laughs> we see Spock... That seems bad. Isn't that going to change like gravity at all? It's a nine-star yeah, Rosen Bridge. We don't know. We don't know. Those things usually suck. They don't talk about it. <laughs> it's gone from suck to blow. <laughs> but we're back on Earth, and we see Spock in a hangar bay mistaking Spock Prime for his dad. He's like, no, I'm not your dad. Not our dad. He's not our I'm father. you. He said, say what? <laughs> they have a chat, and Spock Prime urges young Spock to stay with Starfleet and to um, be friends with Kirk and to just live his life. And he's like, Kirk, that guy's a dick. He's, he's like, like, no, no, that's your bestie makes, now. It's like, really? He's like, the logical choice for me, because there's so few Vulcans left, is to quit Starfleet and go make and, a Vulcan colony. And go make a, bi- and, a bunch of Vulcan babies. And Yeah, yeah make Vulcan Supposedly babies. Supposedly like 10,000 of them. And left. he's like, well, you have the perk of being in two places at once, so how about I go do that, and you stay he's here? Like, <laughs> he said, I'll go make Vulcan babies. Yeah. <laughs> well, Vulcans can only make babies every seven years, so as long as he goes on leave. <laughs> well, anyway, they can make half babies whenever she wants. But That's we're right. Back. He's only half Vulcan, which means he can do it every three years. He can make we're, quarter we're, Vulcans. We're back before Tyler Perry and Committee, where Kirk <laughs> is being honored by Starfleet. Wait a minute. When and the last time he saw them, they saw him. He was all right, pending your your punishment, and they're like, "We figured can it out." Can I just get through the <laughs> last? This. Two paragraphs I've written so we can get to your final thoughts. Yes. So Kirk is being honored by Starfleet. He is receives this accommodation. He is officially made captain of the Enterprise, which is the most ridiculous thing in this fucking movie. This is our he flagship. Is then Give it to the new guy. Cap- Pike is promoted to Admiral, and then Kirk relieves Pike as the captain of the Enterprise and officially takes command. We end... With the Enterprise getting ready to venture off into space, oh, with Spock happy. asking to be Kirk's first officer, Kirk accepting, and then we get a voiceover from Spock Prime doing the original Star Trek voiceover. End of movie. John, why don't you go first? <laughs> <laughs> so my favorite character was Scotty, mm-hmm. because he was hilarious. My least favorite character was um, Kirk, because... Mm-hmm. Dude, mm-hmm. um, my favorite uh, line is there's four of us. We'll go get a couple more guys and make it a fair fight. Mm-hmm. My favorite scene is when Scotty gets um, on board ship and he's in the water and they're running to go chase him mm-hmm. because that was funny. My favorite tertiary object bleh, is the retracting parachute. Okay. Because that might, like, that's cool. Corvette. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, okay, we'll go with the Corvette then. Yeah, Which Corvette. I think it's Tony's. <laughs> no, I have one that's funny. Okay, yeah, the Corvette. And I'm going to surprise Elaine and, and may bay this. Wow. Because if you are, a, I acknowledge the fact that if you are a fan of Star Trek, there are a lot of little um, Easter eggs in this that are going to make you go, yeah! And if you're not, you're going to go, you didn't see fu- him point two thumbs at himself and go, this guy. But has two thumbs and doesn't really get this movie. I'm pointing at them right now. Well, chances are if you don't like Star Trek at all, you're not going to You're not looking, yeah, you're not looking for this. You're going to ignore whether we like it or not. There was just too many coincidental things. Like, it's a terrible movie. It wasn't written very well. But it was a fun movie for fans of the genre. Not even the genre, the series, I mean. If you're a fan of the series, you're going to enjoy it. 
if you if you like movies and you want to see this, you're gonna go. This is dog trash. So. Okay, on to Carly. All right. Hey, I gave it a maybe. I know. You also called it terrible, hurtful. Right, Michael? My <laughs> you favorite characters. I have two: Chekhov and Scotty. I cannot mm-hmm. pick between them. I love them both. They're wonderful. <laughs> I knew you were gonna pick Scotty. <laughs> Watching him like that's Carly's character right there. I love when Chekhov's like, "Oh, I can do it! I can do it!" <laughs> I love it. My least favorite character, I gotta agree with John on this one, is Kirk. In this movie, I don't care for him. He's kind of a jerk. Mm-hmm. Um, I like him more in the next couple movies, but he his character is that he's, he's kind even, of a jerk. He's not so. even a lovable jerk. But even when I watch the episodes of the original series, he's not my favorite character. He's never right. going to be my favorite character. Um, my favorite scene are the ones with Leonard Nimoy because those are great. My and then I messed up my notes, so I gotta turn the page. My favorite line. Uh, I have a feeling Elaine had the same one, so Aww. I made a backup. <laughs> I don't care last. if we have the same favorite line. Sorry, oh, right. I made a backup. It's when um, Spock Prime says that you are in fact the Mr. Scotty who postulated the theory of transport beaming, and he's like, "That's what I'm talking about." How do you think I wound up here? Had a little debate with my instructor on relativistic physics and how it pertains to subspace travel. He seemed to think that the range of transporting something like like a grapefruit was limited to about 100 miles. I told him that I could not only beam a grapefruit from one planet to the adjacent planet in the same system, which is easy, by the way. I could do it with a life form, so I tested it out on his prized beagle. And, and Kirk is like, I know that dog. What happened to it? I'm, I'll tell you when it reappears. I do feel guilty about that. <laughs> which, is, which is cool because it's a callback to uh, the show Enterprise with Scott Bakula. See? Like I didn't Which is a really good show. The number one reason being Scott Bakula. <laughs> <laughs> number two is to Paul. Yeah. She's kind of hot. She was also she's fantastic. The, the girl Vulcan? Yeah. 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 She was kind of hot. It was a pretty good show. Like seriously hot. My favorite tertiary object is Sulu's fencing sword that just bloop force. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm like with everybody what does else. It do? When it goes bloop. Bloop. <laughs> When he said, what kind of combat training have you had? And he said, fencing. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? But then it turns out that he's pretty badass with that He should have pulled it out. Like, if he was going to materialize a sword, he should have just did it there. Like, you know, sword. Which is, which is a callback to the TV show, because Sulu was a fencer in the TV show. Oh, my. <laughs> All right. Yay, I don't like this as much as the other ones, but I still like it. So I'm so going to yay. Right. Oh, yay. Okay. It's just not... A high yay. It's a low, it's a, it's a low yay. I love how we started with three things like and now there's like eight. <laughs> it's a moderate yay. It's a moderate yay on the plus side. It's Look, a negative yay. There are levels. Negative yay. There are levels. <laughs> there are layers. Like, is like, it ooh, like an ogre and a parfait. Ooh, parfait. Can we get parfait? Yes, because we're going to eat once we're done. Tony. Tony, oh. hurry up. Starvin. Okay. Marvin. Favorite character? Spock. Mm-hmm. Least favorite character? I can't believe I have to tell you guys this again. Least favorite character is not Kirk. That's kind of a dick. It's Nero that killed <laughs> four billion Vulcans and most of Starfleet. And I still like Kirk. But less. Kirk is such a dick. He's not comparable to Nero. Uh, yeah, Jesus Nero. Did, Nero <laughs> that tells you how bad Kirk is. Wow, Kirk. Nero, Nero killed kind all those of people. a dick. <laughs> Nero killed all those people, and I don't like Kirk more. Wow. Okay. Um. My favorite uh, favorite line. Uh, okay, my favorite line is gonna be the bones one then. 
Uh, don't pander to me, kid. One tiny crack in the hall and our blood boils in 13 seconds. Solar flare might crop up, cook us in our seats. And wait and wait till you're sitting pretty with a case of Andorian shingles. See if you're still so relaxed when your eyeballs are bleeding. Space is disease and danger wrapped in darkness and silence. That is a good one. I love that one. Jesus, ray of sunshine on a cloudy day. The favorite scene I have to you. Okay. Favorite scene is uh, at the end when uh, they're, they've beaten Nero, mm -hmm. and Kirk's like, okay, look, um, we're going to beam aboard and you surrender and all that. And Spock's like, uh, what are you doing? And he's like, well, we're going to broker a peace treaty with them. It might look good for the Romulans. And he goes, I thought you'd like that. It's logical. He goes, no, not this time. And he's just like, fuck this dude. We're going to kill him. <laughs> and then the other one is when... Like the uh, human side is currently winning. I can't remember his name, but Nero's second in command has Kirk and he's choking like him. Evil or whatever. And he's like, you know, your your species is even weaker than I thought it was. I thought you were going to be something special. And he starts crushing him and then he's Kirk's trying like, to talk to him. <laughs> and he's like, what? And he lets him go for half a second because I got your gun. And he blasts him and kills him. I thought that was funny. Uh, my favorite tertiary object is in the bar. Uh, Uhura orders a slusho. And that's mm -hmm. funny because... There's a theory that all of J.J. Abrams' movies are linked, and slushos are drinks from Cloverfield. So. Interesting. Oh, well then. That's all it. of his movies are... Supposedly. It's, it's a, I mean, didn't he write one of the Marvel movies? Abrams? No. <laughs> okay. He did... Uh, Star Wars? Star Wars. Yeah. So there's a slushy in that? Maybe. Anyways. Yay, name maybe. I uh, will yay this movie a little. Okay. <laughs> um, really? Elaine's favorite character it's, is it's, Star it's Trek. It's silly, but I, <laughs> I want you to know. My favorite character is Spock. My Why least favorite character is Nero. Because <laughs> <laughs> he killed Wayne. No, you gotta... <laughs> <laughs> um, so he said that Zachary Quinto had a hard time doing the Live Long and Prosper. I so, wish I don't understand. Every so time they had I've, to like tape his fingers together. There are people that have Every trouble time, with that. Yeah, Kirk... Uh, Shatner couldn't do it. Quinto, everybody I, I see in these movies, are always like, they couldn't do it, so they taped him or something. As we sit around that? the table all doing it. Yeah, it's like <laughs> the easiest thing there is. One of my major problems with Nero is they have, I mean, Eric Bannon's not a bad actor. They could have given this uh, us a little more time to develop this character so we had a little bit more reason for him to be a genocidal maniac. There was a deleted scene. Nero gets there 25 years earlier, and the Klingons catch him. And they torture him, and they send him to that planet from the oh, other yeah. Star Trek movie that they put Kirk yeah. in. And they torture him for there, but he gets out, gets his ship back, and gets the fuck out of there. And but, but I could have used a little bit more bad guy. His, his motivations don't make a lot of sense. Okay. No. and But whatever. My favorite scene is the whole meeting with Spock Prime and then meeting Scotty. I like that whole sequence of, of unbelievable coincidences, which makes amazing. me happy. It's amazing. My favorite line is when Spock and Bones are having their exchange, and Spock walks away, and Bones mutters under his breath, green-blooded hobgoblin. Is that what you were going to say? <laughs> no, actually. I didn't think so, which is why I told you to just go ahead. You were going to yeah. say the thing about the weeping, weren't you? No, I was going to say the thing about the horse. Ah. <laughs> but it's I like when he insults him. Horse is a horse. Of course. Of course. You don't leave your prized horse in the stable when you're going to go to the Kentucky Derby. He says, well, that's you, interesting because a horse has to be broken, broken before. <laughs> a stallion has to be broken. So stop with the metaphors. My favorite tertiary object is also Sulu's sword. It's, it's just cool. I was in the car on the way here, and I was like, what's my favorite tertiary object? And I was like, eh. and Tony said the car, and I was like, no, the sword! It's a red matter. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. The um, ether. 
I kind of also for my favorite character, like Spock is the superior character in this movie, but I also kind of wanted to pick like Scotty or Bones because I really love them, but I like them more in the next couple movies, mm. not in this one. In this one, Spock's the superior interesting character. But this is a great movie. Everybody should watch it. And if you like Star Trek and watched this back in 09 but never have really watched it since because Marvel took over the world, <laughs> put He's that, not wrong. But, you know... Sure, you're going to watch Thor Ragnarok once a week, but every two weeks, Star Trek. It's real good. You guys got to go back to it. It definitely deserves its IMDb score of a 94. (laughs) And that, my friends, is the end. Next, Merry oh, Carly. Christmas to Elaine. This look, Merry Christmas, Christmas to everybody. It's only an hour and a half. <laughs> Merry despite, Christmas to everyone. Despite all the interrupting. Good job, Carly. Oh, please find us on Facebook.com/slash The Underappreciated Movie Podcast on Instagram oh. at Unmovie Podcast totally on Twitter at Unmovie Podcast, and you can email unmoviepodcast at gmail.com. I said that slowly so Elaine can pull up her song. We're vamping. <laughs> <laughs> And please tune in next week on the podcast when it's John's pick. And you know what? I'm giving myself a Christmas present. We're gonna do Avengers Endgame. Whoa, shit! Because uh, I'm not prepared for that. Because Although we I'm have watched it, it recently <laughs> enough that I can. You talk guys about are it. all. You know what? Because it made all the monies ever. All right. Second thought. It's not a Christmas movie. That's not a Christmas movie. I want to do a Christmas movie because when I think Christmas. One movie comes to mind, and it's Die Hard, but that doesn't apply, and I'm not cheating like other people. <laughs> I'm thinking of another Christmas movie. Lethal this Weapon. One, no, all right, also doesn't Which apply. Which is actually what I said when he's like, I'm going to do Christmas movie. I'm like, Lethal Weapon? No. And he goes, no. And I said, Lethal Weapon 2? <laughs> That's not... Doesn't take place during Christmas. This movie takes place during Christmas and has so much Christmas, it reminds you every few scenes that it's a Christmas movie. And that is right. 1986's Sylvester Stallone classic, Cobra. Which I didn't realize because I had never heard of that movie. Um, that well, Bridget Nielsen that, in it? No, that it was a Christmas movie. And then the first time there was Christmas movie, I was like, oh, it is a Christmas movie. Look at that. John picked a Christmas movie. <laughs> Boom, baby. <laughs>